Welcome to the Get With It podcast. I will be your host, Elizabeth. This podcast will focus on the decline of women in technology and how our grassroots organization works with the community to foster relationships and reducing the gap of women in tech. We will be talking with both men and women on how to continue to move the needle forward on those relationships. For more information, please check us out at getwitit.org. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Get Witted podcast. Well, I have Kelsey McGuire. Did I say that correctly? Yes, you did. Hi. It's really, really nice to be here. Thanks for having me on. We're excited to have you. Um, You have quite the interesting background. We're going to get that. But I mentioned snow earlier, and you have a short sleeve shirt on. So um, you must be in a very warm place. Yeah, so right now I am working from my family's house in Northern Virginia, so not particularly warm, but I am a big fan of impractical sleeveless sweaters, and I'm not entirely sure why. I am slightly chilly, but I'm just going to stick with it. All right. Okay, commit to it, girl. Commit to (laughs) it. There you go. There you go. Okay. Yeah, there's no going back at this point, and luckily there's a tiny space heater in here that helps quite a lot. Oh, okay. Okay. Yes. Cause um, it's snowing here in Ohio and it's like 30 some degrees. It's very, very cold. Yeah. Yes. That's brutal. I don't yes. envy that. <laughs> no, I don't envy those poor people in Buffalo who are about to get blasted. Um, they're supposed to have a historical re- record setting snowfall. Did you hear oh. about this in Buffalo? No, I hadn't heard about that. How much are they supposed to get? Do you know? I I don't, but I guess they're getting hit pretty hard. So, be glad you're not in Buffalo. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I'm thrilled that I'm not in Buffalo. And to everyone in Buffalo, best of luck with the snow. Yes, they even moved the Bills-Browns game to Detroit, Michigan because of the snow. Wow. Yeah. You know, the snow is going to be bad if they're moving something to Michigan instead. Yes. Which is already getting slammed with snow. So do you get snow in Virginia? Yes, we do. And I'm based in Brooklyn in New York City and we'll get some snow there. It's always gorgeous at first, especially in the city to see it come down around the buildings, but it quickly turns into something a little bit less pleasant. Yes. So you're in New York. Yeah, that's where I'm generally based. I'm just down here in Virginia working from my family's house leading up to Thanksgiving to spend a little extra time. But I've lived in New York now, I think, for close to 10 years at this point. And and right wow. now, my partner and I are in Williamsburg and Brooklyn, which is really a lot of fun. And wow. close to quite a few different tech communities as well. There's a big Web3 hub there and the consensus office, I think still is Bushwick, which is walkable from Williamsburg. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So wow. it's a good good place to be based, especially for this type of work, I think. Good. All right. So let's go back and where let's start from the beginning, shall we? Well, maybe not the beginning, beginning. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe uh, like on a cold winter day, December. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, yeah, so we could start at, at college. I went to school in state at Virginia Tech, um, 
obviously kind of a tech engineering focused school, but I focus on Spanish and more of the inter international relations side of things because I thought that I might end up doing something in government or politics, but I wasn't entirely certain. So I worked probably towards the end of school, started getting the occasional consulting job that focused on marketing and communications. And I was like, oh, well, this is actually really, really interesting to me. It's so human oriented, which is what I think I was looking for in the international relations piece. And you really can kind of think through how you want to tell these different stories. So I ended up right after graduation volunteering for this group called Thirst DC. And that was TED Talk style conversations at bars in DC with folks like NASA scientists, different politicians. And I met some folks there that asked if I could take on a project for them that was marketing comms brand related for a food truck festival. And after that, it was kind of off to the races with all this marketing brand communication work. Um, we ended up even hosting a big get together, an event that I, I ran with the Embassy of Canada and really have moved in this sort of realm since then. The interesting thing is those two people, I think, now are the folks that run NFTLA. So full circle. And now we're back both. In oh, the wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a small world, isn't it? Small, small world. Wow. All right. So that was from college. Yeah. So that was now a long time ago. Um, after doing a lot of that consulting work, I was taking on some sort of independent projects and tech clients, ended up working in the fashion and beauty industry at one point at Ann Taylor in their headquarters in Times Square, another point at a luxury beauty brand, but I was always really interested in getting into tech. It's something that was cool that I thought was really cool from a very young age. I remember we first, when we got our first mac computer like the big kind of black and white ones and i was like this is thrilling um so it was always kind of in the back of my mind but i felt like i had fallen into this pattern of if there was a job opportunity just kind of going for it and for that period in my life it was mostly in fashion and beauty industries but i was always sort of keeping an eye out for the opportunity to move into tech and that actually came one day i was at a party um at, with some sort of fashion brand I don't recall in Soho and I met someone there that told me about consensus and web3 so I had known a little bit about blockchain and had had chats with some of my banker friends who you know this was years and years ago probably 2016 2017 who were a little nervous about it and they were just nervous about it to make me really interested in it because I, I felt like this might be something, you know, if, if my friends at these banks are a little concerned, this is worth kind of digging into a little bit. Um, and I had a conversation with a woman actually at this party and she had just started working at Consensus. And so I gave myself a little crash course in blockchain and Web3 to build on what I knew already and went through their interview process and started my career in Web3 there and tech really outside of the consulting that I'd done before um, in 2018. So um, just for people listening and they don't know, cause sometimes we don't have, we have outside tech people listening, blockchain, you, you're gonna have to ex probably explain it. I kind of leave it at blockchain is the technology, it's a distributed ledger, but it can do so many different things. And when people say 
Web3, they mean blockchain technology. And that's a lot of those different things you hear about um, in the news um, and in different kinds of conversations around this new decentralized technology. Um, well, I guess, you know, at this point, it still feels new, but it's been a number of years that folks have been engaging with it and, and sort of figuring out what can be done. Um, I think it's probably most interesting to view through the lens of different ways folks are thinking it could impact actual of people's lives. Um, it can allow people to send money very, very quickly and easily without all of the fees that you experience right now. So for remittances, say you're working in another country and you're trying to send some money home, with a wire, it can take a very long time and be very expensive. But this type of technology can facilitate a really quick, efficient, not expensive at all transfer, which is really cool. Um, I think some of the also the really interesting projects are focused on identity. So, you know, you have your driver's license or your passport, but they're looking at ways that you can attach real verified information about you to your virtual identity and potentially down the line replace some of those paper documents and and maybe reduce everyone's trips to the DMV that no one really likes <laughs> going to anyway. Um, so it's a really interesting space. I think that right now, a lot of the traction we're seeing is, you know, everyone, even if you're not technical, I feel like there's always a lot of progress being made on things behind the scenes. When you think about tools for developers and all of those little pieces that you don't necessarily interact with as your average consumer, that's where a lot of people are focusing their time and building out this new system that would then facilitate those types of projects, like I mentioned, around identity and remittances and so on. Do people ever get nervous about their, you know, oh, about giving their identity you know, like, I think that with some of the pieces that I'm seeing, I think that the key part will be with these projects working with the government and working with these trustworthy institutions. So you make sure that it it's kind of similar. I think of it a little bit like back in the day when we first had websites, we'd go on or you're buying something online. It was so nerve wracking giving your credit card information but they made sure that there were safe portals and avenues to store that information when it made sense to transmit that information and to get you what you needed. And I think we're kind of in those earlier times now where it will be essential to partner with, with known trusted entities to make sure that everyone is comfortable and everything's being handled in the right way. Yeah. It just, I could just imagine you're right. When you would buy something online, it would be very stressful. <laughs> you would be giving your credit card, I mean, information. Um, and yeah. So, yes. It, it does get really stressful. I remember some of my first online purchases many, many years ago. I'm like, will I actually get the thing? It feels so weird entering in any sort of information. And now it's commonplace, maybe too commonplace in my house I, sometimes, but very yeah. commonplace. It's very commonplace in mine too. So yes, Amazon knows my ins and outs and what I like and what I don't. That's for sure. Yeah, exactly. So, so yes. I see it's similar to that. And, and, you know, and I think for folks looking to learn a little bit more about blockchain and Web3, going on websites like 
you know, consensus or even typing in like YouTube, lots of folks learn well through videos. And that's really helpful because I know I'm visual and, and reading off a lot of definitions of blockchain without any of the potential use cases and applications ends up being a little dry, um, especially for uh, an audience that's just starting to explore this. Oh, I can imagine. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like reading stereo instructions, right? Can be very yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, and people are like, oh, wait, you know, I, I talk about the this amazing technology and people aren't feeling that excited or, you know, everyone's gearing up to be at home for, for Thanksgiving or the folks in the US and you know, how are you going to present this type of conversation at the at the dining room table? And I really think it's the best is through potential use cases and what's happening there as opposed to just, oh, yes, it's a distributed ledger and blah, blah, blah. And you'll see their eyes glaze over. <laughs> so I try to avoid that. <laughs> That's probably good. <laughs> Between passing the mashed potatoes and whatnot, that could, could yeah. be quite the conversation starter. So, all right. So um, now from the beauty industry that you were in, marketing, that kind of thing, you went right to working blockchain, right? Have you been there yes. since? Have yes. you been at the so, same company since? No. So I've been in blockchain, Web3, kind of crypto. I feel like they all are slightly different, but are often used interchangeably since 2018. And I started at Consensus, and that was a, one of the larger sort of Web3 blockchain companies at the time, um, focused on Ethereum. You guys have probably heard about ETH. It's the second largest after Bitcoin, those those kind of big ideas, big players in the space. Um, mm -hmm. And I was there for a number of years. Um, I was focused on Know, marketing, community building. I worked with a lot of our different, we had, they were called spokes, but they're really portfolio companies as well as with the consensus brand itself. And the really amazing thing there was my role allowed me to travel a lot and host these large scale activations with my amazing colleagues um, at different global events. And you'll see more and more the Web3 kind of crypto community is so engaged in these in-person moments and events. And so that was a really wonderful part of all of that. And some of the folks that I met there, I'm still close with today and really provide a lot of community and support when you're kind of sticking in the tech industry. Um, after Consensus, I ended up going to C-Labs, Cello, another project in Web3 um, that was more focused on the remittances. Like I mentioned, they had a an app that you just could pull up on your phone. And then someone I knew was at CoinFund. And so I ended up having some conversations, wasn't necessarily thinking I would make the change, but decided to move over to CoinFund about a year and a half ago. And that's been a really exciting journey because I get to now work with a lot of our portfolio companies here too. Um, and that's probably my favorite part of all of the different roles I have are working with these different founders and helping them figure out their stories. Where in um, the global was the coolest place you went to for one of those events? You know, I there are so many. 
I feel lucky because they were all in really amazing places. Like I got to go to Prague, Lisbon, Berlin. Um, but one of my favorites was Osaka, Japan. And it was a DevCon, which is the Ethereum, kind of the biggest annual uh, Ethereum event put on by the EF, um, the Ethereum Foundation. And they picked this really interesting venue on the water in Osaka, Japan. And I got to go put together a big activation there with with a few of my colleagues. And it was just a phenomenal experience. Oh my gosh, really? This had to have been before COVID. Yes, this was actually right before COVID because I believe I was there for a while. And then I was actually on a work trip right when COVID was about to happen in Paris, which of course was amazing Ooh. as well. <laughs> um, but yeah, I know it's like, um, so I came back right when everything was was getting bad. And then of course, none of us were traveling for quite a while. And I think things are just now starting to pick up again. Yes, yes. <clears throat> we just had our get with it, four get with it conferences, and they were all in person. So it was like, great that people were getting back into um, seeing each other and that face to face and networking. So Okay, so where was there any bad places? You know, I don't remember ever going somewhere and having it be like a a place that I thought was was bad. Um, I certainly really love the communities that I work with in Europe. I felt like they were sometimes even more engaged in what we were doing um, and even more collaborative, but it's probably partially skewed because a lot of my projects were just based over there and they were really good experiences. Um, yeah. I don't, I, there wasn't a single place that I think, you know, I was like, Oh, well, I wish I hadn't come here or this was a really bad experience. Um, I think there's always interesting things to navigate with these different big events. And it's always good to have, if you can have a colleague with you or someone that you trust that can, provide a little bit of support because it's easy to, I think, get overwhelmed or feel a little lost in the shuffle when there's, there's just so many people there and so many things happening. Gotcha. Okay. So you're at coin fund and what is in, what is your role there? I know you mentioned working with your portfolios and, but what is your role now there? Yeah. So as of this week, I actually transitioned. I was the CMO for coin fund and I just transitioned to a role that is really my dream role. Um, and it is the portfolio company advisor for kind of growth, marketing, communication. So as of Monday this week, I get to meet with our different portfolio company founders, understand where they are in their journeys in terms of, okay, are they, do they have a launch soon? Is there a big announcement coming up? Do they want to activate at an event and really help them think through their strategies there? And sometimes I'm working directly with the founders. Sometimes I'm working with their amazing marketing team. And it's just been fantastic so far. Um, every single one is different. And they are, you know, maybe some are in Web3 gaming. Some are more focused on the tools and infrastructure, like I mentioned before. And the variety, I think, keeps things really interesting for me. That's cool. Congratulations. Everybody wants their dream job, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I I mean, I'm just honestly just 
thrilled with it. It's It's been really such a great week. Um, I guess, yeah, this was the conclusion of my first full week doing this. And it's exactly what I hope to be focusing on. All right. That's awesome. Thank you. Well, that was a nice early Christmas present, huh? Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> and and honestly, the timing couldn't have been better with all of these big potential launch moments and, and announcements happening in the new year. I'm really happy to be able to dig in a little bit now and help everyone get their bearings and really do my best to point everyone in the right direction. And a big part of that is also, you know, I focus so much on the human element of all of this. So really digging in and, and talking through everyone's understanding of their audience segments and, and who those people are and how you can frame what you're doing through the eyes of the people you're trying to solve a problem for. And so we've had a lot of really great conversations around that as well. Oh, that's good. So what? I mean, you just started this new role. So this question is not going to, I mean, normally I ask like, oh, what's new and upcoming? What's your next step? But it sounds like that's it. Yeah, I would say that this was the big next step. Um, so if you if we had chatted about a, a week or two ago, it would if I could have talked about this as the next step. You would have um, been like, I really would like, and then you would have come back and been like, I got what I wanted. <laughs> yeah, like, and it worked out. Um, so it, this is, I think that really continuing to focus on our portfolio company founders, you know, connecting with other projects as I'm able to, um, and really figuring out how to build out this type of service in this industry. Um, that is so rapidly changing. We all have to adapt really, really quickly while staying true to the different brands and feeling authentic. So it's a problem that I really, really enjoy tackling. And I could see focusing on on this aspect and working with different companies for, for quite a while in the into the future. So um, with blockchain, you mentioned Bitcoin. What are those the like the upcoming currency ways people will use? I mean, I think people are very fearful of it. Yeah, I think that there's a lot of nervousness, especially right now, but I kind of see it as natural. I guess I've, I've been in the space since 2018, which I feel like in normal years is not a super long time, but in tech years, since you're familiar with working in tech is, a very long time. And I've just seen a lot of different ups and downs. And I think that when there's a challenging market, like right now, that I see all of the founders still focused and building. And I think that maybe the main hurdle there is just making sure we keep getting incredible talent in the space. And I think that the folks that are really excited about about it won't be deterred um and then it's just like you were saying those are those are two of the primary currencies but i guess a lot of my work focuses on where the applications and the use cases like i was talking about earlier so i just don't focus on on the price as much as as some functions do gotcha yeah i i foresee the exchange rate between the American dollar and other countries 
converting to a Bitcoin way because it seems like that's more universal, I think, is it? I think in certain ways, it, it definitely could be seen as, as more universal um, because you don't have a currency that's tied to a nation as much as it's tied to kind of the tech technology behind it. And I think that right. that's a really interesting way of looking at it too. Um, and I think that, you know, as we see prices going up and down and the overall market outside of Web3 going up and down, it just, I find that things tend to even out and folks will be ready to re-engage. And I see a big push as well towards higher quality educational materials. Because I think that how are you supposed to trust something if you don't really understand what it could potentially do for you and what it is and what it means. And so I'm really excited about that. I've seen a concerted effort, especially in educating women around aspects of the technology as well. That's good. What um, do you have a lot of women at CoinFund? Yeah, we have some women. Um, I think that there's a lot of effort to hire yeah, diverse talent here. Um, and we have a new head of talent who's actually, she's out on maternity leave or else I would have had her join in on the conversation as well, named Margaret. And that's a big thing that she's focused on as well, bringing in diverse talent for Coin Fund, And and we do, I think the leadership team, I was there and, and Margaret as well. And then we have a number of amazing women that work across the different departments as too. That's great. That's great that yeah. we're not that you guys have diversity going there. So, um, okay. So when you're not busy, what do you like to do? Hobbies, fun. Yeah. So I love walking a lot. Um, living in New York is a fantastic place. If you just want to walk around and take in the scenery, I love listening to these, New York City history podcast while I'm walking through specific neighbors and in neighborhoods and learning about them. And it it's just is kind of really exciting to me. I love it. Um, I read a lot uh, when I well, kind of when I can, it d depends on what all is going on at work. But with this role, at least on the weekends, and I have a couple books for the holidays that I'll be able to to read. Um, I have regular kind of touch bases actually and and sort of online happy hours of people a lot of whom I met at work and we'll talk about web3 and blockchain stuff but also about our lives and then I love cooking like my partner and I cook a good bit especially when we're out of town um, traveling to he's from California so we'll go out there and visit and cook and enjoy everything that 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 area has to offer as well um, I've been getting really into trying to different like stir fries and noodle type dishes and the results have been pretty good. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, now, you said your partner is from California. Is he in tech, too? Yes, he is. He works for another Web3 crypto investment firm. <laughs> um, so, but I was in it first. Um, Competition. So I always tell him that he, that he copied me. But, yeah, he's doing great and, and I think really loves working in the space as well. So is your team, like, do you have a team of people that work with you? I brought on, so during my time as CMO there, I brought on someone part-time that focuses on social media. 
um, and some event applications. And I also onboarded a PR agency for us. So that was primarily almost the team. So no one internal directly supporting me. Uh, but I was lucky enough to be able to collaborate with our investment and research team. So if there is a theme or a piece of content or a sprint that I put together, I would ask different folks to, yeah, you know, take a look at the topics, like see what makes sense. Do you want to propose something else? And they would draft like blog posts and pieces that I could then edit and help them get published as well. So you're remote. Yes. Yes. We have an office in Bryant Park area in New York City, but it, the coin fund is one of the, the great things I think is it's remote first too. So you can go in the office, be able to see your colleagues, but you can also work from home uh, when you want to. And we have a global team. We have at least one person based in Europe now as well. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. So mostly remote unless but you choose to go into the office. <laughs> exactly. It's all about having that choice. Um, and we have a great contingency of, of coin fund folks down in Miami as well, including our founder and a few others who have moved down there. But we don't have an official office space there, but we host a meetup about once a month. And so it's a time for the community to get together. And I know a lot of our my colleagues that are based in Miami will see each other there. Oh, it's probably really nice and warm there right now. I know. I am definitely a little <laughs> jealous of the Miami situation. I'm like, wait, mm -hmm. I chose New York City. Why? But yeah. um, I mean, I, I'm sure they're enjoying it. Last year, we hosted some activations around Art Basel, and that's beginning of December. And the weather there is just perfect. It's um, so I yes, I'm very jealous of those colleagues at the moment. <laughs> I can imagine. Oh, ugh, probably going to be. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, we're so. in for some cold weather. We don't get to do the Miami stuff. <laughs> and I think it's going to be a bad winter. Like, I think it's, they say it's going to be a bad winter. So um, it gets cold in New York. Yes, it does. Um, I, and we live close to the water. So the wind down there oh. is just something that is not fun to deal with. So I think this is a prime time to maybe plan another of those California visits that I was talking about <laughs> and get out of town a little bit, and then make our triumphant return in the spring, but I'll see what we can work out. <laughs> there you go. That's what you do. So yeah, but it gives you the flexibility. You can go wherever and work from wherever then. Right. So Oh, travel. absolutely. Yeah, I can, you know, I think last winter I worked from Mexico for about a week. Um, you know, if I'm away working on a project, I can go a couple of days early and work remote from there. I don't think that I could go back or would want to go back to any job that required me to be in the office for probably any number of days, if I'm completely honest. Like, I like going in and, and seeing people. Um, but I don't, I want it to be my decision. I've been remote since well before, since 2018, I've been remote first. So I'm set in my ways at this point. Oh, I can't yeah. Back. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. I don't blame you. Yeah. Is most of your work remote? Yes. Yes. Um, Perfect. I, I have a client in Michigan and, um, yeah, it's all, yeah, it's a global organization also. So, um, I have teams in 
Egypt and India and Europe. So yes, everything is on Zoom. I love these. Well, Teams, Teams or Zoom, one of the two, right? Yeah. Which yeah. Um, is amazing to think that where would we have been without Zoom technology, right? <laughs> or yeah. Teams, Microsoft Teams. So, yeah, it's so nice that we have that and that it generally works, even. <laughs> generally. Yeah, of days it does not. <laughs> As we got we there eventually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did. We connected eventually. It was just oh, being difficult, being difficult. So, all right. Well, other than maybe going to California, any big plans for the holidays? So I'll be back here in Virginia for the holidays. Um, and my partner and his mom will join us. And I have a younger sister who also lives in New York. So her and I will come down here together, which is fantastic. And we'll probably spend most of the time here. Um, we're lucky in the area where we're based. It's close to Middleburg, which is like a pretty countryside area. We're close to Washington, D.C. So we'll be able to explore and do some different things and especially show my partner and his mom around a little bit and some of the sites that they they probably haven't seen yet. Um, and then after that, we'll probably just be back up in, in New York City for a little bit before figuring out an escape plan from the cold. <laughs> do you generally host the holidays at, at your home or do you travel for them? Um, so I will be going to my, so my whole family lives in Michigan. And so, oh, cool. we, so I will be heading to Michigan with my kids for Thanksgiving. Nice. But I'm the only one here in Ohio. And so um, I, my mom comes down for Christmas here, but um, I have an 11 year old son. So we don't, he likes his bed and to get up on Christmas morning and open presence in his house so <laughs> that's fair there's something about having that moment in your own house after you slept in your own bed but where in where in Michigan will you guys be be heading at some point so my mom lives um in Flushing okay cool yeah um so we'll be heading up there and then in the summer she lives um a little bit north um Rose Lake it's outside of Cadillac but my family is originally from the UP. So people in Ohio make fun of my, they say I have an accent. I don't think they do, but they say I do. So um, so I was in the UP yeah. a couple weeks, a couple, about a month ago and a little, little over a month ago and I came back and they were, I was on a call and they were like, you have an accent. And I'm like, I don't. <laughs> Maybe you just soaked some of it in when you were up there, and yes, it must come out. A lot of the UK, like, people that I I know, I, we've spent some time up there. My dad's from Flint area, so oh, we used so to spend every was... summer in Michigan. Yeah, yeah, like really, really close. Yeah, um, I think Flushing might be where my grandparents lived for a time as well. And I know it's so beautiful up there. And I remember a couple summers in the UP with all of the gorgeous lakes mm -hmm. and the little towns and. I loved it. And I feel like it's a little, like a lot of people don't know what a great trip that can be. It's beautiful. It's like, they call it God's country. It's just 
very, 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 very different. Um, it's just how they live up there. They're very simple people. <laughs> yeah, and lo- really good fishing too. Mm-hmm. We go yep. fishing all the time. That's awesome. Do you ice fish? This is a random question. No, we never did ice fishing. We had mostly just go out in the morning on little boats and and fish that way. Um, we were generally only up in Michigan during the summertime. So okay. didn't experience the the winters and ice and everything that goes with that. Do you ice fish? Oh, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> not, no. not your thing? Not my thing. But which was really funny is I had a conversation um, with one of my teammates today about ice shanties. He was talking oh, yeah. about, yeah, how he's like, oh, I, Elizabeth, I just ordered my ice shanty. It's going to be delivered to my house. And I was like, okay, so you ordered a shack? And he was like, no, no, it's an ice shanty. And then you, and I'm like, is it heated? Like, I, it seems like that's not, like, it's freezing, right? It's freezing. Then you go sit on ice that's freezing. It seems like it's a cold activity. And people like cold. But he was yeah. showing me that these fish shanties now are like mobile homes almost. And they roll on the ice and the wheels go up. And there's like just like holes in the floor and people, there's a bed and TV and they're really nice. (laughs) Wow. That sounds like a different situation from what I pictured and what my dad grew up doing as well. I I think that was more of like a rugged shanty or freezing style experience than a mobile home type experience. Yes. Yes. And if he was fishing out of the Flint river, I don't know if he was catching fish or dead bodies. One of the two was happening. (laughs) Yeah. You have to head out of town to go fishing. Yes. (laughs) Or go up to, uh, we'd go up to Canada sometimes and fish for like walleye and and that sort of thing. You would not get that out of the Flint River. Nope. nope, No, no, no. no. You have to go (laughs) just head out of the city a little bit. (laughs) Yes, definitely. Definitely. Oh my gosh. Such a small world. That's funny. Um, Mm Yeah, I graduated from Michigan State, so oh, awesome. uh, yeah, so I'm a Sparty through and through. So I get a lot of slack down here in Ohio because I'm outside of Columbus, Buckeyes. You know, it is what it is. So <laughs> yeah, what took you to Ohio to a face job. all the adversity against being a Sparty? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, I think I want to go and start some rumblings no a job I came down for a job and um met my husband um here and so and his family all lives in Florida so um we're just kind of in the middle of we we just stayed here for whatever reason so um but all good you're there (laughs) <laughs> yes and uh my daughter's a junior and my son is in fifth grade so you like establish you know like my daughter has friends and once you know you can't just pack up and leave now they have they have lives here so that's you know yeah that's the only hard because I'd like to move I would like to move home so um 
Yeah, that makes sense. I feel like it's so difficult, especially like as a junior, like even mm-hmm. thinking about moving at that time when you have your entire community somewhere would be so difficult. But I hope you get to go back to Michigan eventually. It is so I beautiful. hope so. I hope so. Michigan State's on her list. Fingers crossed. Mm. Yes, if she goes there, then I can go. <laughs> At least that sounds like a pretty good plan. Often. Yeah, yeah, I can exactly. go visit more often. So yeah, so I'll but, keep my fingers crossed for you guys. Thanks. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. Well, I am so very thankful of your time, and I apologize again for our technology difficulties earlier, but I appreciate you jumping back on and getting this figured out. And I hope you and your family have a wonderful Thanksgiving and holiday. And um, let's keep in touch. Yeah, I would love to. And thank you so, so much for having me on. And I'm glad we yeah got through some of the technology <laughs> challenges. <laughs> and uh, yeah, have a amazing holiday and, and hopefully we'll catch up again sometime soon. Perfect. Well, thank you so much again, Kelsey, and uh, enjoy that sweater, short sleeve sweater weather until it's <laughs> not, <Thank> you. <laughs> not able to do that. <laughs> yeah, I'll make the most of it. I promise. Thank you, Elizabeth. Thanks for tuning in and don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and leave a review. We will see you next time and feel free to drop us a line at getwitit.org.